Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Amy. And this is the Girls in Marketing podcast. Every week, we release a new episode that you won't want to miss. Our guests are industry experts with amazing experiences, so you'll always come away with new nuggets of wisdom. From educational and inspiring episodes covering the latest in digital marketing, to casual and fun chats with the Girls in Marketing team, unpacking marketing myths and trends, we've got it all. Here at Girls in Marketing, we're all about empowering and supporting women to be the best marketers they can be through our online learning platform and community. Check out our resources and membership to get involved as we'd love to welcome you to our inner circle. Right, let's dive into an episode together. Hello and welcome back to the Girls in Marketing podcast. Today we're back with another snack episode and we are going to be your marketing agony ants. So we asked on Instagram stories Mm -hmm. your marketing dilemmas, problems, and Kira's going to read some of them out and we are going to discuss, Mm -hmm. digest, give advice where we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, so we put this out on Instagram stories, didn't we? And mm -hmm. it was quite comforting to know that all the listeners were kind of experiencing the same things it was kind of quite a variety of different problems but it was all under the same kind of topic area so thanks for sending in your questions if and problems if you did um and defo follow us on instagram to get involved with the podcast in the future (laughs) so starting off with the first one this was quite an apparent problem that everyone was experiencing and i think everyone in the marketing space experiences this Mm -hmm. at some point Mm -hmm. what to do when you're lacking inspiration because we all know marketing it's creative what do we do when the creative juices just aren't flowing yeah that is a good question really really good one (laughs) um that's so interesting and I actually recorded a podcast episode a little while back now with Marcus Steen from Innocent Drinks Mm. um and we touched on this a little bit obviously kind of from the angle of social media because Marcus um works in social um but we we touched on that because Marcus has got like a really great sense of humor and brings out that kind of sense of humor and wittiness and um and that kind of tone of voice for the brand and stuff but you know for any brand it can be kind of difficult to maintain that constantly and particularly if you have got a you know Mm -hmm. a specific tone of voice for your brand like how do you always have funny ideas like okay great you know Marcus is a very funny person and you know (laughs) you can see that a lot of that just kind of comes naturally to him but whether it's that or whether it's kind of inspirational content, informative content, you know, just doing something a bit different that's not, you know, kind of your usual run of the mill and trying to like do something that makes you stand out a little bit. It's hard to have those ideas constantly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think another side of that is sometimes, you know, if you're in a small company, a small marketing team, potentially even a one person marketing team, it's, it's not easy. And some of the kind of things that Marcus said that I thought that were really interesting were, um, kind of trying to use, as much as possible sort of everyday things for inspiration and try and like kind of broaden your horizons of what can be used as inspiration you know you know look beyond what you normally maybe would to gain inspiration mm-hmm. for for marketing ideas or campaigns and see how things that you've read or have seen or things that have happened how you could maybe mold them and tweak them to fit for your brand and turn it into something like interesting make it into a good story or or that that sort of thing so I think sometimes trying to just yeah, maybe take a step back from like your work head yeah. and just take a look at what else is going on out there and see how it could fit. I think that's a really good um, tip yeah. that Marcus shared. Yeah. Yeah. I think don't be afraid 
to say I'm out of ideas right now yeah, and 100%. actually maybe let's focus on if you have the time focus on another aspect that isn't as creative mm-hmm. you know I think a lot of people think oh marketing is like super creative mm-hmm. and there's a lot of aspects that are but there are also a lot of aspects that aren't you know mm-hmm. data analytics strategy stuff that maybe you know it, it's still part of marketing but it's not necessarily like super creative so yeah. if you are in a smaller team maybe saying right this week or today, I'm not actually going to focus on the creative stuff whilst you're kind of in the background doing what you said, Amy, kind mm-hmm. of looking mm-hmm. at the bigger picture stuff. You'll actually find that mm-hmm. the kind of creative stuff comes to you in the most random places. Yeah. I remember listening to Marcus's episode that he says he thinks of things like in the shower. Yeah. And I feel like I'm the same with a lot of things, not necessarily in the shower, but, you know, doing everyday things. You think, oh, and then you can kind of note it down in yeah. your notes and then yeah. you can come back to it at another time. Yeah. Um, recently, I felt like that. I, I wanted to start posting more consistently on LinkedIn. So I was like, right, what do I want to do? Like in terms of I'm lacking kind of ideas on what I want to post. Mm -hmm. So I just created like a big, almost like a big vision board, but not necessarily a vision board. It was just kind of like ideas or problems or things I faced. Obviously this is more related to personal brand than kind of general marketing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to talk about this or I want to talk about that. And I think maybe just one day creating you know, a big, whether it's digital or physical of all of different ideas or problems that you've had or, you know, getting inside the heads of your customer and yeah. thinking what are the problems that my customer is having right now, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing um, yeah, can really help with those creative ideas. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think also looking at what's worked previously, because I think sometimes as marketers, we can feel pressure to constantly be doing something new mm-hmm. and be like coming up with something groundbreaking and, you know, industry changing. And it's like, actually, yeah. do you always need to be putting all of your efforts into doing something new and groundbreaking and creative? Or is it a case of looking at what actually works for your brand? And yeah. you may not always have to be super creative and coming up with something brand new all the time, provided that it works. But I think also something that I would say, and, you know, it's not to say copy other brands because I absolutely am not advocating for that don't do that but you know everybody knows of other brands whether they're in your industry or kind of in the same space as you or not but look at what they do take inspiration from some of the risks that they take and some of the types of things that they do that are a little bit different and see whether you could you know as I say take inspiration and not copy but see if there are any of those sorts of things that you could apply for your brand as well and and you know kind of use that as as inspiration because you know learning from other people is such a huge part of marketing. Yeah, 100%. And I always think if I sit down and think, okay, today I need to be creative, just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just doesn't happen. Always. And it's kind of, yeah, when you are in the shower or you're doing these other things and you're kind of taking a step back, like, subconsciously, the ideas kind of come to you, I always find. Yeah. And I always find that, okay, like, sometimes it might be hard to switch off, but rest actually is productive and once you do give yourself that quality rest and like you actually do switch off you don't just like sit on the sofa but still think about LinkedIn once you're sat on the sofa and you're actually switching off Mm. and you're giving your mind a break that's kind of when the ideas kind of come to you and kind of you're allowing yourself to have that time to take a step back and then when you come back to wherever to your desk to wherever to the laptop screen you can be creative and then you them ideas do come a bit more naturally to you Mm -hmm. so yeah like you said Amy taking inspiration from like other people or like even like scrolling through LinkedIn seeing what other brands are talking about kind of conversations that are happening at the moment I always find that that is quite useful for me and also listen to like your audience base what what do they want to see from you and like what 
is performing best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully they're useful tips. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go to problem number two. Um, so this was, again, another quite um, apparent thing that people were struggling with. How to deliver difficult feedback, but okay. also how do you receive difficult feedback? How do you deal with that? Yeah. Okay. Another big, big question. Such yeah. a huge question. It is quite a big yeah. <laughs> But I think it's important because if you've never been in the world of work before mm-hmm. and you're maybe just getting started or potentially you have moved industry, you know, someone whose career changed, I think feedback is delivered very differently by different people. So I think that's the first thing to notice is that, um, you know, sometimes you can have managers that can um, give you feedback that's great. And sometimes the same managers can give you feedback that's mm-hmm. awful. Um, so whilst I would say always make sure, you know, you're listening to all of the feedback that you get, just know that feedback won't be always delivered in the same way mm-hmm. or with the same intentions either. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can think if, for example, you've got some, um, you so your manager comes to you and they say, oh, you know, I really think this is going great at the moment, but I don't actually think maybe we could change this or maybe we could do that. Don't take offence to that. Mm -hmm. Like people speak in different ways and use different tones. Um, And also for me, just taking things with a pinch of salt as well Mm -hmm. in terms of the way it's delivered. You know, sometimes it's hard to deliver feedback um, and it's about understanding, okay, the position that the manager's in and also the position that you're in from from both sides. It's a really difficult kind of scenario I think sometimes you know it's nice to give good feedback but I think from a managerial perspective it's so awful having to 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 deliver bad feedback but I do also feel like it's just as important to deliver both sides Mm. deliver the good and deliver the bad but obviously everyone's communication styles are different aren't Mm. they and like your manager's communication style might be totally different to yours and then it's just kind of trying to have that open communication without getting like wires crossed or feeling like there's like some underlying things there like don't take it personal because it is at the end of the day you're all working together to kind of yeah get the business going and just do as well as you can you're all working towards the same goal so it's is yeah not taking it personal yeah I agree I definitely think it's something that you know particularly in a work context you do have to try not to take it personally however I do think that if you are in a position of authority if you're a manager um then I do think that a lot of the responsibility is on you to be aware of and make sure that the way that you deliver feedback, whether it's good or bad, Mm -hmm. is in the right style for the person that you're delivering it to. So I do agree that everybody has completely different ways of delivering information and different communication styles. But I think that you've got to be able to, you know, as a manager, adapt your style and the way that you communicate based on how each individual person learns best, receives information best. So I think that, you know, we're all going to have times in our careers where we have to deliver difficult information, you know, something that, you know, generally you really don't want to do, but provided that it's done in a way that I think is constructive, I think that's a massive thing for me. And I think that I've definitely been in experiences, had experiences where I've received, you know, kind of feedback that's constructive, particularly early on in my career, you know, where you, and and that's exactly what you need early in your career, you need constructive feedback. So actually, yeah, that didn't really go that well, but as a manager, you need to acknowledge, I can help this person learn and grow by giving them this feedback. I think the worst thing that you can do is just kind of that, that was not good. 
Mm-hmm. Full stop. Yeah. A new and there's reason. no why. There's no yeah. Exactly because yeah. th- they're not going to learn. They're going to feel really demotivated, and mm-hmm. they're going to feel kind of like, oh well, they didn't think anything was good about it, or they've not given me a reason to why it wasn't good. Yeah. So it's a bit I'm, like, where do I go from here? Exactly. Yeah. It's not giving yeah. them anything to work with. So I think my main thing about giving difficult feedback is just trying to make it as constructive as possible and provide alternatives that you think would have worked better. Suggest solutions for training or development mm-hmm. if you think that's needed in order for them to perform better yeah. next time or whatever it might. Be. Um, and yeah and then I think on the flip side receiving difficult feedback like you say try not to take take things Mm -hmm. too personally but equally I do think if you maybe are on the receiving end of some feedback that you don't think maybe has been very fair in the way it's been delivered or just generally in in kind of the the summation that your manager or whoever has made Mm -hmm. about your work or about you if you feel comfortable try and raise that as well go back and ask for more feedback say okay I appreciate that you said it wasn't great that's absolutely fine but what can I do differently how can I learn from this um you know it's it's difficult to do and I would also say just remember if you are in that situation where you are receiving that difficult feedback just think no matter what stage you're in just think everything is like a learning opportunity yeah so if you're in your early stages of your career and your manager is kind of like not delivering feedback the best way or just think about what your manager is doing that you would do better in that situation Mm. or think about what the manager is doing that is well and what you would take going forward into a managerial position I think that's always really useful to think and that kind of positive mindset to think actually I can take something from this I can make something of this is yeah kind of a better way to do I think it's about having empathy isn't it Mm-hmm. Um, especially from a managerial perspective you know you said Amy constructive feedback but given in a way that the person understands and it's and it's empathetic and also understanding from a managerial perspective like personal circumstances as well you mm-hmm. know sometimes things haven't gone well simply because you know mm-hmm. something's something else is going on or maybe you know you thought oh this campaign's going to do really well but actually it's not done really well mm-hmm. it's just I think quite difficult to kind of give feedback in any in any kind of situation mm-hmm. but equally it's really difficult to receive it and previous experience from myself it's been a difficult thing to receive feedback from people who aren't able to communicate it in like that empathetic yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's so much better when you have someone who understands your mm-hmm. communication style. Yeah. It makes the whole the whole process so much yeah. easier. But I guess you did learn things from that and you did take things into yeah. um yeah. So there was the I feel like we could sit here forever and answer all the questions. <laughs> Should that, we do one more? Um yeah, we'll do one more. Okay. Um this was, again, something that people, I feel like they were all so common. Um, how to deal with imposter syndrome? The dreaded question. Again, <laughs> massive question. Yeah. Where do you even start? That's, again, it's such a big one, yeah. isn't it? These are all big questions. <laughs> yeah, really, really big questions. And I think probably at some point in our careers, all three of us and probably the majority of people listening mm-hmm. will have experienced imposter, imposter syndrome at one time or another. And yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I have all the answers, but... I would say from gaining more experience and getting through those times or those periods where I felt imposter syndrome, um, the majority of time that feeling is far more apparent to you than it is to Mm -hmm. anybody else. If you feel something, divide it by a thousand and that's what other people are feeling about you. So everything's heightened when you're thinking of it, you know, kind of about yourself, you're always far more critical of yourself. You view everybody else as being far more experienced than you from the outside. You're looking at them going, 
oh, they seem so confident. They've got their together. Like they are literally like, they're who I want to be. And then on the flip side, they're probably thinking the same about you. So I think it's just that trying as best as you can to remove yourself from you, look at it from an objective perspective Mm -hmm. and go, actually, I'm overthinking this. You know, I'm actually not, um, you know, as, as, unexperienced or underqualified or you know yeah. whatever as as what I'm telling myself I am so mm-hmm. yeah try and see it from other people's perspective and and that kind of does help but I know it's not always that easy yeah I feel like yeah that is really good advice and um we had Isabel Cowell on the podcast mm-hmm. um a couple of episodes back and she said something that really like resonated with me and she said imposter syndrome isn't the worst thing in the world if it's not like crippling mm-hmm. and that's kind of I feel like it, you can use it in a positive sense. You can put it, a positive spin on it and kind of think, okay, this is making me feel like this. So I'm going to push myself even more, push myself out of my comfort zone and yeah. like kind of take all the opportunities that I can and kind of push myself out there. And I feel like using that positive mindset can kind of, yeah, get, get like get you to kind of see imposter syndrome in a different way. Exactly. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. use it as a challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and kind of leading on from what you've both said, you wouldn't be in the position that you're in if mm-hmm. someone didn't think you were capable of it. So whether it's a new job or whether it's a new campaign you're, you know, you've been tasked to do or anything, someone has said, I think this person is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. So take that like and and say, actually just own it. Don't yeah. don't think, oh, well, why have they given it to me? Because genuinely if they didn't think that you were capable, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I think it's just about I know imposter syndrome is something that is quite big for a lot of people but at the end of the day you wouldn't have been tasked with something or given an opportunity or whatever if someone in a higher up or a a more authoritative position didn't think that you were capable of doing it so it's just about having that kind of belief in yourself that actually that person thinks I can so even if I don't think I can they think I can so I'm going to do it with the mindset that they've got Mm. and also I think in terms of um kind of overcoming imposter syndrome I can't remember who says it but I, I was listening to something probably like a podcast and um they said you always need to think act like yourself in like te- but ste- 10 steps ahead so mm. don't necessarily think oh I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that think I, I know how to do it even if you don't you're gonna know mm-hmm. when you do it mm. so act like yourself you know, maybe not 10 steps ahead because that's quite excessive, yeah. but act like yourself a few steps ahead yeah. and have that mindset of, I I've, I already know how to do yeah. an influencer campaign or I already know how to do a social strategy. Just think yeah. of yourself in that position. Don't get too caught up on, you know, I've never done this before. I don't know how to do yeah. it. Because yeah. the more you think that it's like manifesting it, isn't it? The more you think, oh God, I can't do this. The more yeah. It like yeah. kind of, yeah, doesn't work well. Definitely. Um, and I yeah. think, I think another thing that just a quick tip that if anyone wants anything practical to try and do to, to help with this, I think if you're in a position to do so, if you're maybe in the workplace and you feel mm-hmm. like, I really feel like I'm, you know, not capable or I've not got the skills that I need to do this or whatever. Um, maybe if you can do like some 360 feedback, like um, yeah, basically where you, there's like different tools and stuff that you can use for it, but it's like an anonymous kind of feedback thing that you can, you know, choose people that you work with to do and request that they complete it. And yeah, they basically give you feedback on um, different skills or different, you know, qualities or whatever it is. And I think you can kind of decide what those are and they'll give you their, their feedback on how 
they think you perform in those particular areas and then you can complete it yourself and then compare what they say to what you say and actually it's always so interesting what what the differences are and it's quite humbling and it's a nice reminder that actually you know I I do need to kind of take heed of what other people think of me a little bit more and it's it's a nice kind of reaffirming activity to do provided that obviously they don't all say that you're rubbish (laughs) because then it's not really worked very well I rate myself a seven and they're a five (laughs) (laughs) but the chances are very slim like I say the majority of the time whatever you think about yourself is going to be a lot more critical than than what others think of you so yeah if you wanted to do something like that just as a bit of a boost then I definitely recommend it well they were really good dilemmas so thank you so much for anyone who did send in Mm -hmm. their questions and dilemmas Um, I think we're probably going to do if this is received well we'll Mm -hmm. do more of these Um, it's always a problem that there's so many I mean I know there was so many more anyway Mm -hmm. um, but I think those ones were really good ones to tackle so yeah thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again in another episode soon Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Girls in Marketing podcast. We love hearing from you. So if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review to let us know your thoughts and make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button to be the first to hear when our new episodes released. Don't forget, if you want to get involved with Girls in Marketing, check out our membership to join our incredible community of marketers. Think marketing resources, courses, webinars, and more. Find out more on our website or drop us a message on any of our social channels at Girls in Marketing.